The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, man, how's it going, bud? It is going swell, Ben. How are you doing? Well, I've been better. I'm, uh, I've had some vertigo issues the last few days, and I got checked out today and have a little bit of an ear infection, and so we're kind of dealing with that, but... You know, outside of the room, occasionally spinning like I'm drunk without being drunk. Yeah, it's good times. Well, I mean, that's got to be fun. So maybe you should drink. It'd be like a cheap drunk. Yeah, let's just add more dizziness to the equation. Maybe I should spin in circles, drink, and then continue to have the vertigo. What do you think? It's like a trifecta. I think you'd puke. So I don't <laughs> want you to. I don't want you to do that. I just want you to get drunk faster. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, yeah, but how's the how's the week been office wise? Standard, same thing always. It's on repeat, but it has uh, it's been good. No real complaints. Just saving one life uh, and sore throat at a time. So just just doing my thing. So good times, good times, good yeah, we're, times. We're starting to see some some more flu cases, and so. I think it's, uh, yeah, getting into that season. No, I love every time I see now things that are popping up, especially, you know, due to the whole anti-vaccine. Wow, that sounded like I was saying anti-vaccine, but I meant anti-vax slash scene. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that just kind of ran together. They were saying that there's already been, I believe, 900 deaths contributed to lack of flu vaccines and i was like wow that is not going to help people coming into the office <laughs> for treatment no, no. <laughs> yeah they're gonna, be, they're gonna be like oh my god 900 people have already died i'm like ah oh, just get your flu shot jeezy crazy so but uh yeah. no overall it's been a good week i Thoroughly enjoyed prepping for the show tonight. So, I mean, as, as did I, yes. I would say, when it's a show like this and it's this level of fun, you can't really bitch or complain about prepping. That is true. As you can see in the show notes, I'm sure that you have read, we're going to cover a movie later. And if you remember how great Tom and I review movies, then uh, you should know that it's going to be. Just as much fun listening to it as we had fun prepping for it and getting ready to talk about it. You know, it's one of those things I was pleasantly surprised at how much people enjoyed the last time we did it and how much they asked us to do it again. So I'm looking forward to doing it well as as much as we want to, I guess. (laughs) Good, yeah. I was trying to think of a clever way to say that, but I was like, well, I guess we can just do it every time we want. So <laughs> whenever the mood strikes, but I will say that we did throw a poll up on our Facebook page. So if you get the opportunity, go onto our Facebook page and answer that poll. It is up until the end of the month. And it's in regards to if there was a potential possibilities for obtaining CEUs, for listening to Tom and I and this podcast, is that something that you would potentially be interested in? Please take a few minutes just to answer that poll for us. That would greatly help us out. It would, and you're already listening to the show. So just take the extra minute, go to the Facebook page, click on the poll, and just move on with the rest of your day. 
There you go. I mean, you listen to this show. You clearly don't have a lot of other things going on. So just just do it. Careful. It might be copyrighted there. Just do it. Don't. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I know. You can't, they, they can't copyright the English language in general, can they? I think someone would try. I, I don't know. I mean, we can. Yeah, but maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Words are hard. Um, <laughs> words are hard, trademark. That's ours. Trademark. Yes. <laughs> Copyright R, it's reserved. <laughs> the word word is now trademarked. <laughs> you can't use it without. But if uh, you are interested in finding out all about us, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the web or at www.justsomepodcast.com. Our email is admin at justsomepodcast.com. Don't forget, you can find us on Helium Radio. We're at Helium Radio After Dark, Channel 2, Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. And we're also on all the iHeartRadio apps as well, along with all of the podcast areas that you can uh, locate us. You will find us there. Oh, sometimes it does not pay to have FaceTime with Tom. it's Tom gone wild over there. So Tom, what else can you do or what else can they do to help us out? Get me all flustered. Well, <laughs> that was the whole point. See? I know. <laughs> well, what they can do is they can go to the, just some podcast uh, website. They can scroll to just about the bottom. They can click on the Amazon affiliate link. They can do their Amazon shopping after they click on that link. And then any of the shopping they do will help out the show. It doesn't cost them anything, and we would greatly appreciate it. They can also do uh, some ratings or reviews. They can join any of those social media sites that you listed, or in general, they can just you know be cool and you know tell people about us or you know something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, honestly, at this point, I'm just like you know whatever. I'm just saying, you know, at this point, we got Tamika and we got Bjorn. I mean, at uh, we got Jeff. Sam. We got Sam, Sam, um, Jen. The pantless Jen. Pantless Jen, yeah. Yes, pantless I Jen. I mean, when a chick is willing to be pantless for you, <laughs> what else do you really need? So, mm. yeah. And we got, like, people in Brazil listening to us. So, what else do I need in life? I, I, I don't know. But, Tom, after the break, we will jump into our story that you may have missed. Well, I can't wait. Hello there, this is Nat King Cole wishing you all a happy and a Merry Christmas. The joy of living is in the giving. So let's give lots of toys for tots. Since 1947, the United States Marine Corps has been helping Santa fill his sleigh, making happier holidays for deserving children right in your community. Go to toysfortots.org and learn how you can make a difference. All right, Tom, are you ready to get into our story that you may have missed? I am, but I'm really starting to enjoy the commercial breaks now. (laughs) I'm glad you're enjoying them. That's that's what they're here for, is for purely for your enjoyment, not for anything else. Exactly. Tom, what's your thoughts on DNA? I'm glad I have it. It's a great song by Kendrick Lamar. I don't know what else... What, what other things do you need me to say? So, Tom, as a former law enforcement officer, then what are your thoughts on DNA? I truly believe from the legal standpoint that DNA is a double-edged sword, that there is both the good and the bad, that it is used to both include or exclude suspects. I think far too often people think that it is only used to identify suspects, which is not true. Sometimes we want DNA samples to rule people out and so that is a very useful tool i think sometimes though in the judicial process like as in actual hearings that far too often people have now allowed television shows to influence their beliefs of what dna can and can't do and that is actually harming actual cases and i have heard of situations where actual trials have been influenced by people's television perspective of what DNA is. And so I think that there is good and bad. Well, the reason that I asked Tom was that it ties into our story that you may have missed. This is a story about a gentleman by the name of Chris Long who works at the Washoe County Sheriff's office in Nevada. 
this gentleman received a bone marrow transplant and three months after his bone marrow transplant, they, because he works for the sheriff's department and works in the crime lab type area, they decided to do some testing and had found that some of his DNA had changed. Now, four years later, not only is his blood affected, but swabs of his lips, cheek, contained his DNA, but also that of his donor, and his semen contains all of the DNA of his donor, not him. So he has become what they call a chimera, which is a technical term for a rare person that with two sets of DNA. So this has, uh, you know, from a medical standpoint, the DNA doesn't necessarily impact how we are going to practice daily. Uh, but from a forensic science standpoint, it is quite an interesting story of how this man's DNA has basically caused him to disappear and someone else to kind of reappear on a molecular standpoint in his place. Specialists are saying that the most unexpected part was basically that his semen had been entirely replaced by that of um, his donors. So there are lots of studies going on with this individual at this point to kind of see how things like bone marrow transplants that we do in the medical field can potentially change things in other fields as well. Well, we'll get to the medical point, but for those that are listening that are interested in law enforcement, again, this goes back to why we don't rely on just one key aspect or why we shouldn't. Um, there may be times where that is either the crucial aspect or it's the starting point, but rarely is one piece of evidence, the only piece of evidence. And I'm not going to say that's the right. always the case. There are going to be cases where that's all they have. And, and sometimes that's true. But in general, there is some good old fashioned shoe leather work that is put in once they have a starting point. And this is why, because you can't you can't just trust one piece of information. I'm not saying cops knew this. I'm just saying right, most right, cops right especially after history has taught us you don't trust one thing. And here we go. This is why, because this poor dude is going to, uh, what if he had the DNA of a, you know, child murderer? Guess what? Chucko, <laughs> now you're going to be convicted of a crime. Yeah, that's terrible. Or if you play devil advocate and play the flip side of this gentleman was not a sheriff's, de de sheriff's deputy, but was instead someone who was like a rapist. If he was to rape someone and left DNA, the DNA yeah, now matches not. somebody that is not his. It's somebody that's 5,000 miles away in Germany who would have no clue what the hell was going on. Yes. There is an actual case before we get too far sidetracked of the FBI being involved in detaining a man. I wouldn't believe he was in Washington off a set of fingerprints on a bomb in the Basque region of Spain where there's known terrorism. And... He had never been to Spain. He had never been to the Basque region of Spain. He had never sent anything to the Basque region of Spain, but they had a partial print that matched his huh. in that area. And so he was detained before they could clear him. And so they were like, oh, well, we actually had to investigate it. So there is some stuff that says, hey, maybe we need to get a little deeper on stuff where sometimes there can be too much reliance on this. And that's why we're trying to get back to actual pushing down and relying on more evidence than what people think, you know, cause like I said, far too often people think, well, you have to have DNA, but most law enforcement agencies are like, no, 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 I don't want just DNA. I want something else. We want DNA. Cause that's, it's hard to fight DNA. But then when you say something like this, we're like, Oh God, now I can't right. trust DNA. Yeah. <laughs> cause now I guarantee you some lawyer just read this case and is going, well, guess what? Now, every time my client has this, I'm like, he had a bone marrow transplant. So yeah, exactly. there you go. Of course, they'd have to have documentation of that, but yeah. All right, Tom, are you ready to move into our main topic of the night? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I am. All right. Well, well, that music means that we are ready to get into our main topic, and we're going to cover the 1989 American classic comedy film National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, written by John Hughes. And as everybody probably knows, stars Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Randy Quaid, Juliette Lewis, and Johnny Galecki. 
Tom, are you ready to jump into this movie? I am. And I know what people are thinking of themselves. What does Christmas Vacation have to do with medical podcasts? Well, let me tell you, my friends, if you've ever watched Christmas Vacation, there is a buttload of trauma going on in this show. And if you haven't ever thought about that, we are about to enlighten you. We have watched this movie purely to look for all of the medical areas and, and trauma and things like that that have went on. And we're going to discuss that. Uh, we may just change this movie for you entirely. Honestly, uh, as we mentioned in the beginning, I truly enjoyed prepping for this episode because this is probably my all-time favorite movie. It's absolutely my favorite Christmas movie, no matter what. I will watch this anytime that it's on. I had to refrain from saying the dialogue throughout the entire movie as I'm watching it because I'm trying to watch it for a different purpose this time as opposed to just enjoyment. Totally one of my classic favorites. I don't know if I would say it's my all-time favorite movie, but it's certainly one of those movies that I remember watching at least 30 times growing up and still to this day, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's going on. I will say, though, now watching it as an adult, it has certainly taken on a new light. And I always enjoyed it as a kid, but I'm like, man, I feel so much deeper for Clark Griswold now. <laughs> right? Yeah. Especially when you have families over for Christmas. and Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. If my parents and her parents were in my house, first of all, I'm envious of his house. Like, damn, that's a big house. And then to have, like, multiple sets of families in the same house, I'm like, this poor schmuck. I mean, he is just... But also, at the same time, I mean... I texted this last night. I I love my wife, but I would be married to Beverly D'Angelo. Like you did text I, that, yes. I did. I was like, my God. I mean, that is one smoking hot, awesome wife right there. I really am like, man, I'd be married to her. So let's get into this. Let's I want to start off with this because I felt this to my core. The movie starts off with the Griswold family driving out to get a Christmas tree. And a four-tour right. station wagon, right? They're driving along, and the first thing is blue truck starts tailgating them, and I have road rage. And Clark Griswold's like, nah, this guy's not just going to pass me and be a jerk. And I felt that to my soul. I was like, because that's me. I'm not that. Yeah, nope, not this guy. You're not going to just be driving around me. So from a medical standpoint, let's talk about vehicle safety. Accidents happen, people. You got to be conscious of what you're doing on the roadway when you're driving and driving safety. That's true. Accidents do happen. And as you uh, kind of alluded to, there was some road rage incidents and they end up Flying off the roadway, you know, the speed limit signs say 55 miles an hour. It was the 80s, so that's valid. You know, the car flew through the air, struck through a fence, slid into a tree farm, and then the children ended up in the front seat with them. So clearly, seatbelts were not worn. Yeah. So now we're talking ejection possibilities. All right. So, I mean, they didn't, but I mean, had this been another wreck? If they had rolled, now we have ejection possibilities. We have head injuries, facial injuries. Like there's a whole litany of problems that those backseat passengers could have had. I'm also surprised because I know in 89 that those four Tauruses should have had airbags. Why didn't those deploy? So that's a whole, that's a catastrophic failure on Ford right there. If you think about that, that's a whole nother problem. I didn't even think about till just now. So you know, so if you are the ER patient or ER nurse, you're going to be receiving a patient with minimum 55 miles an hour, unrestrained pediatric patient. Yeah. You know, we're talking that that's a priority to trauma patient minimum coming into your ER because of that jerk tailgating blue truck. I'm just saying that's why those assholes shouldn't be allowed to drive. But here's the issue that I have. The one of the few issues I have with this movie that does not make sense. Okay, so they're back and forth with the road rage and passing each other, passing each other. Okay, he gets ready to pass the truck again, and then of course the semi gets involved or the log truck, which yeah. they they get under. 
It's a two lane road. What the hell is a log truck doing on the other side of the road? It's a movie, Ben. Don't. No. No. <laughs> what the hell is the log truck? Had the log truck not been on the wrong side of the road and he pulled underneath it, the accident would not have happened. This is movie magic, Ben, and you're interfering with it. You're right. I am because it pisses me off. <laughs> it's a two lane road. They, Why the hell is that jackass driving the wrong side of the road? I think they just want to prove that that Ford Taurus could get under that semi and drive. Fine, but it's still no. Just saying it happened and we're just going to live with the fact that it happened, Ben. All right. So and that was also pre-accident. Let's just admire Clark's driving skill. All right. Because, I mean, he had to stay. He had what? Four inches clearance front and back in that semi. I mean, that's some precision driving. He did. Okay. He had no clearance front, back, side or top. He was in a box and he stuck it. All right. That's a 10 from the Romanian gymnast in the floor exercise gold medal performance in the Olympics. Okay. He stuck that landing. Okay. So you give him that. All right. Fine. Just ignore so the fact go- that it's totally impossible. <laughs> Just let it happen. So we go from the head injury <laughs> and facial maxillofacial yes. surgeon on standby. So <laughs> to walking what we can only assume is a, a rather long distance in the snow, often knee deep in the snow. Yeah. And there's several. Go ahead, sir. I, I was going to say, I want to point out that while they're driving, there's no knee deep snow. All right. right. They're just driving along. There's snow. And then suddenly they park apparently in the middle of nowhere. They just pull off. I don't know. And suddenly while they're traversing these fields, they are now suddenly three feet in snow. So I don't know what terrain they're covering. All right. That's just poor planning, Clark. And they make several references to Audrey having frostbite. First, you know, she she says, I can't feel my toes. Then she says, I can't feel my hips. And then, of course, the joke part of the movie, you know, is, you know, he hugs her and says, you know, isn't that beautiful, Audrey? And uh, the wife is like, well, you know, she'll look at it later. Her eyes are frozen. So <laughs> that's some hellacious hypothermia and frostbite for it to travel from your toes to your eyeballs. Yes. And I got to say, again, if you're receiving a patient with that level of hyperthermia, you might as well just get plastic surgery inbound because you're going to be doing skin grafts like there's there's not a lot going on after that we're going to need that catheter to you know infuse some more fluids into the bladder to try to get that core temperature up (laughs) yes um even though she could still move somehow her eyeballs are frozen but she's still able to move i don't understand the mechanics of what's going on at this point but well apparently the answer is it's a movie tom it's a movie (laughs) shut up ben so the point the point is is i would not recommend no matter how bad you want a christmas tree to illegally go through someone's field, cut down a tree. And here's another thing I thought about. Not only did he not bring a saw, how did he plan on dragging a several hundred pound tree? Cause they walked forever to get yeah. to the tree through three feet of snow, which was hard enough. How did he plan on getting the tree back to the car? I don't know what he did. Yeah. And dug it out with my hands. Will and determination, my friend. Yeah, exactly. So they go through this uh, whole situation where they get this tree out of the ground miraculously. They get it home and he cuts it to size poorly, I might add. That's just poor craftsmanship (laughs) there, Clark, because he's got he's got a standard 10 to 12 foot ceiling and he's got. 19 feet a tree <laughs> and, this, feet tree. and it's it's full is the quote he keeps telling his wife and they have it bound with several ropes and uh, he decides to cut the ropes and the tree expands breaking multiple windows and it's a great seed and he's like a lot of sap in here you have to imagine that this guy now has got multiple eye injuries all right, this guy has got to be just poked in the eye. At not only least, that. At least once, he's got a pine needle in the eye. So not not only the eye, but can you just think about just the sheer you know pressure that that rope was holding, and once he releases that, those tree branches cannot feel good. I mean, that's basically getting struck 
multiple places in your body with very large branches moving at a rapid rate. Yeah, I mean, we're talking probably one inch thick branches at that distance out, and they're, he's getting he's getting walloped multiple places in his body. Yeah, so he just got a good thumping over multiple parts of his body. He gets gets stung in the eye, so I mean, he needs a good eye flushing at least. Yes, yeah, he needs to get he needs to get some normal saline flushing in that eye to get that sap and uh, pine needle out of there. Though I did like the scene after that where he's clearly still covered in sap. He's trying to like look through a magazine. He just keeps tearing. Things out. Yes. yes. Sticks your hair to his hand. Yes. yes. The Fantastic. Yeah. So, again, we're looking at, you know, be safe, especially this time of year. People are putting up trees. I should know. My wife's putting up a tree. I don't like Christmas. So she's putting up the tree because I'm not. And so, if you're going to be putting up Christmas trees and all these decorations and stuff, be careful while you're putting up those things or you're reaching in there, you're hanging up these lights. It is not hard to poke yourself in the eye with any of the little branches, the little needles, etc., while you're reaching in there. And then we, we get, we move into uh, you know, some of my more enjoyable scenes, which are the, the lights hanging scenes. Oh, you know, so it's a, it's a, at least a two story house. He's on the ladder. The ladder falls initially and slides all the way down, which would have caused trauma anyway, originally. Just with the ladder falling, you know, if you're at the top of the ladder and it slides down, you're going to well, hit the ground. Let, let's think about this. How old do we think Clark Griswold is at this point? He He's mid-40s. Yeah, 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 at least. So we're talking mid-40 male. He just fell minimum 15 feet, landed on his feet. Exactly. So we're talking, he's going to have, we're talking knee and hip pain for sure. Lower back is just a screaming. Yeah, you should have at least blown a disc out or something. Um, but, but, you know, he, he continues, you know, because he's the all-American dad and he's got to get the lights will. up. Despite all that trauma, you know, he's back up the ladder, stapling, not safely, staples himself to the house, tries to rip the staple off and then rips his sleeve and then comes flying back into a tree directly on his spine yes because he does not have that ladder secured he's working two stories in the air with a unsecured ladder that the feet of the ladder are unsecured on ice and snow come on clark work with us a little here osha would be pissed (laughs) very pissed (laughs) and then you know we, we he continues hanging lights throughout the day and then we get into the nighttime where he's actually on top of the roof. No safety lines. True. Slips, falls, slides down the roof, grabs onto the guttering, which you're probably going to get some shoulder trauma there. Grabs onto the guttering and then falls onto a smaller roof before then falling and then landing in in a bush. Off a two-story house, mind you. This yeah, man is I, Superman. We're, we're talking, so again, 45-year-old male, multiple falls for 20 feet in the air again we're talking this is priority two minimum priority two trauma what i would be worried about you know does he have a pneumo like we got a broken rib in here somewhere yeah i hope that we better be listening for breath sounds on both sides equal because this guy's gonna be not moving air on one of them for sure if he can even talk because he might have busted his cervical vertebrae who knows at this point i got a feeling he is not going to be a happy camper i I wouldn't be gravity's not my friend if i'm in the ground after 20 feet it's going to be hard yeah yeah and let's not forget while he grabs the gutter he pulls the gutter (laughs) free frozen ice in the gutter flies out into his neighbor's house through a window breaking their shit so those poor neighbors nothing wrong they were just nothing they weren't even home and now their shit's destroyed which is lucky that they're not home because i mean that shard of i mean that was basically a javelin of ice that easily could have punctured that that could have been fatal a six foot long four inch wide block of ice going what at least 10 miles an hour just bolted through their fucking window destroyed their stereo they have no clue what happened and here's the most screwed up part now that i thought about this again 
they're thinking about it. They're like, why is our stuff broke and everything's wet? That means Clark didn't even tell them. He didn't even have the common damn decency to go over and tell them. These poor guys are just sitting there going, why is our stuff busted? Why is the carpet wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. <laughs> makes me laugh every time. Like, it is funny, but I mean, now I'm thinking, wow, I'd be pissed. <laughs> so... Well, Tom, take us into the next day and the next trauma that... Of course. Yes. So the next day, everyone's going to go out shopping. Clark decides to hide some presents from the kids. And where else is he going to hide them with everybody in the house? Because multiple people are in the house at this point. One place left to go, attic. So he decides to pull down the old attic ladder so maybe not everybody has these in their house depending on where they live at so in a lot of these bigger older houses there is a built-in retractable ladder on the trap door that you pull down of course he acts like he has never seen this in the house that he's lived in apparently for 30 years and it slides down immediately striking him full force in his face so again we're talking maybe has an orbital blowout fracture at this point because he just got smacked full force by a heavy ass ladder right into his face. He's got at least a Lafort one or two fracture. I mean, come on, <laughs> Lafort fracture. For, I mean, come on. Again, I'm just thinking, Clark, you're acting like you have never opened this attic before and you've lived there your whole life. And by the way, it's full. It's full of stuff. So clearly he's been in it. Oh, about 4,000 times. And, <laughs> and he's never seen that ladder before. Uh, eh. Anyways. So he goes up into the attic and he starts to move around. And of course, his mother-in-law, what a B word. She comes out and she is, you, ha- you watch the movie. You'll see. She's a real jerk to him the whole time. She's like, Oh, why is it so cold? And she just sees an attic ladder extended from the attic to the floor and instead of assuming that a person is in the attic or even checking or yelling up saying hey is someone up there she just closes it 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 retracts the ladder and closes it what an asshole like does she think the ladder randomly comes down from the attic sometimes like What kind of person would do that? So anyway, so now Clark is now stuck in the attic. So he starts walking around. And of course, for reasons, because it's a movie, there's random boards laying around on top of this attic, at which point he steps on one and smack a two by four now hits Clark Griswold in the face at full speed. So now he's gone from minor facial trauma I'm going to say minor because, I mean, he's still functioning from the ladder to now he's got the times two facial fracture (laughs) from the board, which he immediately turns around and smack because now there's a second board for some reason. And now he has another facial fracture. So now this guy has got three facial fractures (laughs) in a five minute period. He's not doing well, people. Nay, nay, sir. I say what he has is he initially had a concussion concussion, (laughs) and then he had secondary impact syndrome from the other boards. So you got to give those concussions time to heal. Go back and listen to our concussions episode. It'll tell you all about it. Oh, how dare I? So you, you know what? You, you make a good point. He's clearly leaking CSF and that's why he can't concentrate. Okay. With that LaFort fracture, he's, he's missing it. Someone needs to do a halo test on that guy right now. So, He's stuck in this attic, which is now cold as hell because it's winter time. He's having to walk around. So now he's shivering. He's got a concussion. He's got facial injuries. <laughs> he's falling randomly through the roof because it's only, you know, plaster in some parts. And he finds an old camera and some home videos and he's getting all nostalgic and he sits down on the ground. And he finally is getting warm and he's waiting for his family to come home because they leave without him because why not? I mean, that makes sense. We're waiting to all go do something as a family. We can't find this one family member. Why go look for him? Why not just leave? Which is the premise of a lot of Christmas movies. I mean, Home Alone. I mean, come on. That's you know. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Because I tell you right now, 
if I am waiting on one person to come out to the house, if you think I'm just leaving now, I'm going to come ruin their day and make them come get in the car. Like, that's just the thing. Like, I don't understand that. So the ever beautiful, loving, doting wife, Beverly D'Angelo, who is the most perfect being I've ever seen in a movie. She comes up and she decides, hey, I have to hide these presents. What am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to put them in the attic. Little does she know, Clark Griswold is now sitting on said ladder that is on top of the door. And when she opens it, boom, Clark falls 10 feet. (laughs) But see, a concussion is the only thing that can explain. Of all the places to sit in the damn attic, why? Why would you sit on the ladder? My, My friend, at this point, there's... There's a plethora of things that have gone wrong at at this point that I can't even begin to explain with that whole attic scene. Other, I mean, it's funny, comedically, oh, it makes sense. But from a common sense standpoint, I'm like, this just does not hold a lot of water. It just doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. And uh, we move into he. <laughs> yes, please move on because we're gonna keep just shredding that one upside down. I know the only. The only thing that makes sense about that is Beverly D'Angelo. That's the only good part of that whole scene. Well, Tom, you know, he uh, still having some problems with the lights and trying to get them to work. And that is hilarious, by the way. The lights <laughs> problem is just fantastic. And like we kind of talked about last week with the increased risk for fires. Wow. We did. Um, you see, you know, he's got the the power strip on the outside of the house that he's checking. And you're like, okay, hey, that looks safe. You know, he's got, you know, six different cords running different places. Until you get to the damn garage where he's got like 47 extenders. Yeah. yeah. Like just, and they're all plugged into different. Wow. Fire hazard. Yes. He is the reason we have safety episodes like we did last week. That's right. So. They get all those cords basically down to three cords, Ben. They get all those extenders. They get all those power cords. They get it down to three heavy-duty gauge outdoor electrical cords, Ben. He gets two of them together into a T-piece. He gets that third one. And what does he do? He picks it up out of the snow (laughs) where it's been sitting, a heavy-duty electrical cord. And... (sighs) Blows it off, which I'm going to go with is not the safest. I'm not an electrical engineer, Ben, but I'm pretty sure water and electricity are not supposed to go together, especially at high voltages. That is true. Yes. And so he finally puts all the pieces together between him and and the great Beverly D'Angelo, as you would say. Mm. gets the lights working, completely shuts the, the town's power out. They have to go to nuclear backup, <laughs> which is amazing. It's just one little quick switch and we're on nuclear I, power. For reasons I can't explain, I do know a little bit about nuclear energy. That's not how that works. I just want to throw that out there. That's not how nuclear power works, but that's okay. And then you have this massive, probably see it from space, house that's lit up 25,000 lights yes but they're not twinkling that's right they're the four not. neighbors are now blind from this massive light blaring in their windows and then the lights go out and then the lights come back on because they were jacking with the cords and everything so the poor neighbor being blind from the light then falls down an entire flight of stairs again multiple traumas so i want a little side note here for a second ben yes sir it's about that scene and when you watch the movie folks out there that are watching this and i know we we actually have quite a few foreign countries that listen to this and if you've never seen national lampoon's christmas vacation please watch it but this scene that we're truncating it down to just a couple seconds, it's actually several minutes of him plugging it in. The lights don't work. Him unplugging it. He's getting mad. He's kicking Rudolph. You know, there's all this stuff that's going on. It's hilarious. But finally, 
His wife figures out, because she's amazing and beautiful and everything that's perfect, that she needs to flip on the switch in the garage for all the electricity to work, for the lights, etc. And she flips it on at the exact moment when he puts the plug into the T-piece and the lights work. And it hit me, Ben. Yes. We've all had that Clark Griswold moment. Now, we it may not be lights on our house on the outside, but we've all had that moment where we have been just so frustrated. I had a, a couple weeks ago with yes. my water heater. Uh, we, we've all had something where we were just ready to just burn the world to the ground. We were so frustrated with something. And then all of a sudden it just worked. And right. we no longer cared why. We no longer cared how. It was just beautiful. It was magnificent. It was everything that was right in the world was there. And it was because it was in our hands at that moment. And it was everything that was perfect. And it just hit me. I was like, we've all had that Clark Griswold moment. Like, we didn't care anymore. Everything that sucked no longer sucks because of that moment. And I was like, yeah. I think John Hughes captured that better in some of his movies and in like that type of moment then. And I don't even know if he did it on purpose. Maybe he did. I'm sure he did. But I was like, wow, we've all had that. Like just so frustrated. And then there it was. It just you know, it's kind of interesting because at that point, the movie almost shifts from from Clark being the person who is getting multiple injuries to other people in the movie Ooh, outside of the saucer a- scene which we will talk about shortly but beyond that he's no longer injured throughout the entire rest of the movie my friend you have might have just opened a whole <laughs> fan fiction issue that we don't even have time to discuss on this show i, I don't know i've never thought come. about that till just now <laughs> but i just it was one of those profound things while i was writing notes because i've never you know except for flatliners which we did last time i don't watch movies and you know take notes and right. it just kind of struck me i was like wow i think we've all had that moment where we're like fucking a you know, like this, right? this is, this is beautiful. This is, this is what makes life worth living right this second. So anyways, let's this, this is also the same scene. Uh, I don't know if you think of, if you recognized it where uh, possibly everyone's favorite character is introduced. The infamous cousin Eddie. Oh yes. Cousin. And you know, you know, Every family has a cousin Eddie. And if you think your family doesn't have a cousin Eddie, guess what? It's probably you. Your cousin Eddie. I I did find it funny because he literally starts off his introduction talking about head trauma. They talk about his daughter and the grandmother is like, oh, my God, her eyes not crossed. And he goes, isn't it the strangest thing? She fell down a well, hit her head. Eyes went crossed. She got kicked by a mule. Now her eyes aren't crossed. And I was like, he's not completely wrong. There is a tie between eye convergence and head trauma. So, I mean, hey, I mean, he's not. I mean, it's not 100% accurate, but there is some correlation between Perla and we do that. We check eye test and we do that in the er in a very basic sense to test some of those neurologic functions and i was like wow way to go cousin eddie man he uh recognized some basic facts there so way to go that's what he's there for yeah yes yeah and in my favorite part is i know some of the people that are going to text us like sam and jeff are literally screaming at the radio because i just said that but they know i'm right they know i'm right so, <laughs> so move into cousin Eddie's there. So we might as well just enjoy our time. And so they take all the kids and they want to go sledding. Tries to set a brand new saucer land speed record by using a a new spray that his company has developed that is supposed to be used in the kitchen as like a, you know a, a pan spray. Uh, decides to put that on the bottom of his saucer that he the, the aluminum saucer that he's sledding down the hill on and boy does it work it's it's 500 times slicker than uh teflon yes it's something like that he said something like that yeah and he shoots rockets down the hill sliding (laughs) 
and it's amazing how the hill originally looked so small and then he travels for six minutes down it yeah yeah at a rate of 120 miles an hour through woods that you did not see initially maybe that's where he found his tree at i don't know amazing isn't it (laughs) before sliding across the road through a walmart parking lot through a shanty and then hitting a building no helmet no protection this is not safe that is not safe and again if you're gonna take your kids outside and we're gonna be sledding first of all Let's do a couple things. First of all, you probably shouldn't be adding any additives to make anything go faster while we're going down hills, okay? Two, and this is legitimate safety facts here, people. If you're going to be sledding, you should probably be in a safe environment. You probably shouldn't be near a road or near a building, okay? Trees also not really good if you're going at high impact, but... If you're going four miles an hour, a tree is probably not going to be your worst enemy. If you're going 30 miles an hour, yes, trees are going to be your enemy, okay? But know your surroundings. I would much rather someone take their chances of hitting a sapling than a car going down the highway. So know your surrounding where you're going or where you're going to be at, okay? Also, you know, especially if you have a little one or if you're going to be going at highway speed, a helmet, you know, a, a brain bucket probably a good thing to have on the noodle uh when you're going down there because uh, you only got one of them and we can only fix it so much you scramble your eggs so much we can't fix that but again tom based on what you said earlier about cousin eddie and the eye convergence again cousin eddie proves to be the smart one here and he's like you know what don't put it because he said i won't want to do it yeah yeah see cousin eddie is the smart one in this movie think of that you just opened a whole fan fiction door. We're going to have to start a whole new podcast on fan <laughs> fictions because of you. Oh, my That's God. Bad. Yes. The Cousin Eddie show. Oh, my God. There you go. There you go. Oh, Jesus. So somehow Clark, again, lives through all of this. And honestly, that might lead to this next thing. So one of the ongoing gags through the show is that Clark has been wanting to build a pool for his family. And he's depending on this Christmas bonus and blah, blah, blah. So he's uh, looking through his back window into his backyard where he plans on building this pool. And then he has this whole scene in his head of this pool, this fantasy of where this pool is going to go. And it led me to start thinking, one, is this because he has a head injury? And two, is this a delusion? And two, is this a delusion or a hallucination? And what did you find out? I think we're going with the delusion. And delusions are basically completely made up. Okay. Uh, uh, Delusions are complete false beliefs versus a hallucination is. There is something there, but your brain is misinterpreting what is actually going on. It's an incorrect experience or interpretation of what's going on. So if there was a pool in the backyard or there were people in the backyard, this is like at midnight or whatever time he's staring through the back window. I would say it's a hallucination. Fair enough. At that time, there is neither people nor pool, nor is that super hot lady from the store he was fantasizing about which again just pissed me off because i'm like you have beverly d'angelo inside why are you even looking at this woman you have the hottest best wife uh in movie land but so that chick is hot i mean that's she's no beverly d'angelo my friend so no she's not no no she's no beverly d'angelo Maybe she'll do that thing that, that Beverly won't do. I don't know. <laughs> Incorrect. That's not the point. The point is he is staring into nothing and he is seeing an entire scene and hearing a Hawaiian Christmas song. Well, yeah, he's been hitting the head five damn times. <laughs> yes. He's he has lost a um, large quantity of blood and cerebrospinal fluid. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Perhaps he, he's laying in a damn hospital somewhere in the entire movie <laughs> after the car he's probably accident got, didn't happen. He's probably got a blown pupil. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So it just it, it did lead me into even though it's not technically a trauma, I was like that was a pretty good thought of you know explaining delusion versus hallucination. So I would say yeah, we're firmly in that's a delusion. So then we move into you know more family showing up because what's going to add to some of your Christmas anxiety and problems, but adding some more family. And so we uh, welcome Uncle Lewis and Aunt Bethany into the household and. You know, and Bethany wrapping some wrapping her damn cat up and uh, in the Jello mold. Yes, the Jello mold. And then one again, one of my favorite lines with the whole, you know, oh, what, Aunt Bethany, you didn't have to, you didn't have to do that. And she's like, Did I break wind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, that's just great. But Uncle Lewis, he likes his stogies. Uncle Lewis gets a little bit too close to the Christmas tree with his stogie and. Poof, sets it on fire and sets himself on fire as yes. well. Which which is two things. One, smoking is bad for you and dangerous. <laughs> it's a fire hazard. Two, dried pine trees are incredibly flammable. And we also talked about that last week in our increased fires during this time of year safety issue. So... You put two increased fire risks together, and Uncle Lewis uh, clearly demonstrated how uh, how dangerous those two things together can be. Yes, he did. So then, you know, that's kind of that was just the breaking the, the straw that broke the camel's back for Clark. He has had enough. He kind of loses his shit. Oh, he loses his shit. All right. <laughs> Decides that he's going to go and he had to replace the tree. You know, he's. Trying to solve a, trying trying to be the all American dad and solving that problems so that are, are developing. So gets that chainsaw out and creates a new tree. So I would like to also point out at this point in time that I initially said that he didn't have any safety mechanisms. That's incorrect. I was wrong. He puts on a Jason hockey mask. This is the only time in the movie he did use any safety equipment. At all while using <laughs> that chainsaw. I wouldn't say it was proper, but I mean, he does, in fact, use that, though. I would say that using a chainsaw after drinking all that eggnog. So he's got alcohol on board. He's got head trauma and he is mentally unstable. It's probably not the best time to be using a motorized weapon. That, that is true. And then he yells at those poor neighbors. And I want to point out again, I feel bad for the neighbors like those poor guys this whole movie have just been pure victims so the neighbors are the victims and cousin eddie's the smart one and yeah just throwing it out there so in clark's new tree we get a squirrel because why wouldn't you well it is from outside that's where trees grow that is true so you know the squirrel comes out of the tree the dog's chasing the squirrel around the house they're all chasing the squirrel around the house end up at opening the door as the neighbor is tired of their shit. Just as he opens the door, the squirrel jumps on her face. The dog then attacks her and the squirrel. And, you know, Clark's just like, hey, well, uh, problem solved. Shuts the door. Doesn't, doesn't bother to check on her. Doesn't bother. Doesn't do yeah. He's letting a rabid squirrel and a Rottweiler maul this poor woman. You'll notice, though, that the neighbors are usually the only ones who show any signs of trauma actually occurring to them. Yeah. She's all, she's all screwed up. And and this time, you know, she's all like, you know, clothes are tattered and torn, you know, Clark's falling off the house. He smacked himself multiple times. Looks yeah. fine. Neighbor. No. And so one of the things that I'd seen that this whole squirrel thing was he's asking her cousin Eddie is, you know, he normally eats these damn things, and she said, you know, well, not since he read something that they were high in cholesterol. So I actually looked that up, Tom. Did you know that squirrels legitimately are high in cholesterol? Again, <laughs> again, I would say, Cousin Eddie, the smart one. Oh, my God. This can't be happening. Cousin Eddie is the smart one. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's this week. This week has just been a Cousin Eddie week, so sure. <laughs> Squirrels are high in cholesterol. Yeah, uh, and they legitimately are. I looked it up. Yeah. So that explains the Appalachian Triad, why uh, hyperlipidemia right there, my friend. 
So yeah, I believe it was uh, like three ounces of squirrel. <laughs> oh Jesus! Is like thirty six percent of your daily recommended value of cholesterol. Well, how much meat is in one squirrel? I don't know, but it can't be a whole lot. I've, I mean, how many squirrels do I have to eat to get three ounces of squirrel? Again, I'm not a squirrel eater. If you eat squirrel, contact us and let us know. Sam or Sam the producer. I bet you Kyle. Kyle the sound engineer hasn't been around in a while. He's been slacking. I bet you that's this type of dumb fact that guy knows. Well, Tom, and then you want to you cover his last little... Uh, I mean, one of the best scenes in any movie, I think, which is his mental breakdown. Actually, no. Take it away, my friend. This is your favorite movie. I want you to do it. I mean, I'm not going to do it because it's you know, copyrighted. But I mean, it, <laughs> you know, he, he, he's had enough and he just, you know, he gets his bonus or what he thought was his bonus. And it was the jelly of the month club, you know, and that's that's the, the gift that gift just gift. keeps on giving Clark. <laughs> And yeah, so you know, th- th- this is just it. He just loses it, and he has the one of the funniest, just ranting, raving, lunatic type moments, and ends it with "Holy shit, where's the Tylenol?" <laughs> because you know he's had multiple head injuries, and <laughs> he's had a mental breakdown, uh, and it this happens you know this this does happen i mean you know particularly around the holidays when you get all stressed out but i don't like to wait to the holidays for my mental breakdowns myself yeah, you just have one all the time i mean it's you know if you're gonna do it do it well right continuous is mine ends up being then of course the, the cousin eddie being the Saves helpful the smart being the helpful smart guy that he is God, you know goes we and have kidnaps some stuff out i'm telling you <laughs> see Kidnaps uh, Clark's boss, brings him back to Clark's house with a big old bow so that Clark can tell him off. And, of course, then the police come and bust through all the windows and and doors and everything. And They subdue the neighbor's house for a vantage point for snipers. So, again, the neighbors are victimized for no reason. And I really figured this would be one of the things that you liked the most is you know, once they come breaking in and yell freeze, where yes. where is Beverly D'Angelo's hand? She's protecting the family jewels on Clark. What you got to wonder at what point, you know, what facilitated that? I mean, I get it. It's funny. It's comedy. And that's what it's going for. But I would assume it's just the shock value, the gag value. But right. I would love to have been Chevy Chase explaining <laughs> Hey, so you know what would be really funny is if you just grab my junk and we're going to just have to have you put your hand there for like 15 minutes while we shoot this scene. And then, you know, she shakes, you know, the the wife's hand and then her hand goes right back to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then you think, okay, you know, the, the boss realizes that he did a terrible thing and he gives him a great bonus. And the movie's wrapping up and you think, gosh, this is just, you know, it's the end of the movie. It's the happy ending that you're looking for. The trauma's got to be done, right? No. No, one more trauma. That shitter's full gas that Cousin Eddie was pumping into the sewer system there. Again, Uncle Lewis and his stogie lights that up and basically goes flying through the air after the explosion. Ignition. Yeah. Yes. This man's got to be 90. And so now he has flown... From a blast explosion through the air, striking the ground. That's going to be a code black right there, I think. My friend, that's priority one. That's that's barrow trauma right there. I mean, the overpressure of that explosion alone is going to obliterate his lungs. I mean, that's lights out. So unless we got some emergency standby, you know, some physicians right there. He's done. Unless you got a trauma surgeon literally standing there. I think uh, Uncle Lewis is done. But again, no, sir. He gets up there singing the national anthem. (laughs) And as the Santa that was on his lawn goes flying through the air from the explosion and across the moon. And yeah, that's the end of the movie. But that could not have occurred 
if not for Cousin Eddie. See, again, it all ties back to Cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie is the linchpin of this entire situation. And the smart one. <laughs> you know, you have blown my mind. Everything I know is, is right is now wrong. Up is now down. Left is now right. I don't know what else to say. I don't think either one of us will ever watch this movie the same way again. You know, it was just. No, because so I, well, you know, I don't care who's listening anymore at this point. So my wife's favorite movie by far is this movie. Like I can say hands down, my wife's favorite movie is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And I cannot wait to point all shit out to her and blow her mind. When I tell her cousin Eddie is by far the most intelligent and well put together character in this movie, she will shit her pants. And when I explain it to her, she will be speechless. That's what, that's what you need to do. Is at the beginning of the movie, you mean you know what? I think cousin Eddie is the smart one in this movie. And she's gonna look at you like you're nuts. And then as you're yeah. watching the movie, just point out little the little things that we talked about and explain it. And she'll be like, holy shit, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> where's the Tylenol? I'm like, you're just stereotyping him because you don't like his uh, southern accent and his colloquialisms and you don't like the way he talks. You are just you're just looking down on him. My wonderful wife, you're no Beverly D'Angelo, but, you know, I put up with you and then we'll just see what happens after I say that. Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I hope that everyone enjoyed us medically reviewing National Anthem's Christmas Vacation. People said it couldn't be done. How can you medically review a movie that's not medical? But by God, we found a way. Multiple traumas. This this is just an ER nurse's uh, bread and butter right here. I mean, this. This wasn't like, just ER. I mean, this is a burn unit. <laughs> this true. A trauma ICU. ER. Legitimately orthopedic units like law enforcement everybody got a little piece of this action this hospital that would have treated these people probably could have opened a new wing you know the griswold wing Um, (laughs) (laughs) yes from literally minute the the very first thing so i put little time stamps on my notes four minutes four minutes is when this the trauma started four minutes into this movie is what it actually it's weird because you don't look at this movie as trauma yeah but four minutes and 30 seconds into this movie is when the first shit goes down so it's uh which just goes to speak to the amazing work that chevy chase does as far as being that physical comedian i mean that's a lot of his movies i think you go back and review a lot of his stuff and it's very similar i mean so but it's it's a hilarious movie i love it it's great it's it's a classic but if you like what you heard and you want to hear more you can find us on facebook instagram twitter all at just some podcast we're on the web www.justsomepodcast.com or you can email us let us know what you thought about our review of christmas vacation at manageusompodcast.com that sounded copyrighted it was. I'm going to do that again. Advantages <laughs> <laughs> on podcast.com. Not copyrighted. Not copyrighted. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Tom, next week will be right before Christmas for the, for mm-hmm. this episode. and uh, I'll be having my own mini breakdown at that point. Probably. I don't know what we're going to do for next week. I know what we are going to do the week of Christmas. I've not told you this yet, but I think what we'll do is instead of trying to record around the Christmas holiday because you know we got family stuff going on, if you have ever thought, you know what, I would love to just listen to the five-question segments, but I don't want to listen to every single episode, I think what we'll do is we'll just do a compilation episode for Christmas of all the five questions we've done to this point. Uh, with all of our guests and just kind of call out our Christmas episode. What do you think, Tom? Or, or um, just one out there. I can just get drunk and it can just be an hour of me ranting. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah. So let us know what you would prefer. Would you prefer <laughs> a compilation over Christmas of the five questions from all of our guests over the past year? <laughs> or would you prefer a drunken rant from Tom? For an hour 
<laughs> over we don't know what the hell it would be. It would just be, I mean, well, you, you've heard the alcohol episode. I don't know what it would be. So <laughs> it'll be a surprise for everybody. <laughs> yeah, let's please, please vote the correct way, please. <laughs> Oh, also don't forget about our poll please go in and, and, and fill that out for us on Facebook if you would be interested in potentially at some point in the future potentially getting CEUs for listening to our wonderful non-award winning podcast and also I want to make sure that we thank Falcon 5.0 for the use of their music for our intro and our outro and we did have other music in this episode that was courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Film music.io if you need royalty-free music for your podcast or other projects that you're doing check out filmmusic.io on that note tom you look a little tired i think it's time to roll call it a night i've already blown your mind too much and it's just i can't deal with the cousin eddie revelations i know plus the whole you know once he solves the problem he quits getting hurt don't forget that one Anyway, on that note, I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Hey, everybody, stay safe out there. You know, I didn't realize that Cousin Abel was smart when I told you. Swearing, I, just when you said time. that, literally, Lately, yes, I you felt some I am alone. I caught some road bridge and I thought of you. And all the many times you say I should have known. So I could find my cheek Find mediocrity's the best that I could do Let's a shower, but I slept all day It takes everything to live the life I choose Oh, what do you say? I screw up everything Same without you